All right, this week on No Putts Given, it's episode 11 and the last episode before we go on a break. Uh, next week, all of my golf spy is taking employee mental health week, which we decided to do uh, this year, starting this year. And we're going to be doing it every year after that. And we think it's a good time for not only just everybody to get a vacation, but everybody to take off at the same time. Uh, guys here and at all co kinds of companies all over the world are working too much, I think. And I think people need to recharge their batteries. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is for an entire company to take off and shut off and leave off my golf spot. That being said, for the next week, if you want to catch up on some of the articles, the articles will still be up, but we will not be at work. So don't anyway. call me. <laughs> so anyway, um, I think we're, we're only posting one thing next week, right? As far as we know. Uh, yeah, new, <laughs> new release. Yeah. But uh, looking forward, where are you going, Tony? I'm going to Vegas. Are you? <laughs> Does not scream relaxation, but <laughs> yeah. Family vacation to Vegas, which should be interesting, but maybe we'll be, yeah, I, I don't even know what we're doing. Cirque du Soleil, hanging out by a pool, maybe go cool. see Grand Canyon. I don't know. Are you going to play any I'm, golf? No. Well, no. where are you going, Sam? <laughs> I said, I was actually thinking about like disappearing very early one morning. Then <laughs> my wife texted me, be like, I thought I told you I was playing Wolf Creek today. Did, <laughs> did I forget to mention that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm I'm an I'm an hour east. Uh, oh man. Enjoy whatever. Go to the pool. <laughs> I'll be back by noon. Where are you going, Sam? Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to Hotlanta. Are you? I'm going down tonight. Yeah. Sweet. Buddy's graduating from OCS, so we're celebrating that on Tuesday and gonna make a big guys weekend out of it. So. I know y'all are playing golf. Damn right. Damn right. Twice. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> a day. <laughs> I wish. Every day. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. Anything fun? I'm planning wedding, oh, planning the wedding. That's you're getting fun. married? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm not really doing anything um, extravagant, but <clears throat> it's a good chance for us to get stuff done. Sorry, ladies and men. Yeah, Harry, Harry's, Harry, Harry, Harry's not single anymore. Well, what you need to understand about the whole wedding thing from beginning to end, the planning, the ceremony itself, you are a prop. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've you can be replaced by a cardboard cutout of yourself. Hey, but I need to get my tux, and I need to get all these other little stuff that we um, have a cardboard cutout of Harry, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, where are you going? I don't want to know what you do with that. <laughs> I'm going to Germany. Uh, visit my sister; she lives in Germany, so we're going to go over there. Where hey, in Germany? It's a great question. Southern border, and uh, you know, we don't want anybody following us from social media oh okay <laughs> okay okay so an we'll undisclosed it. location undisclosed in germany location. yeah no so we're going over there the kids and the wife and everybody so looking forward to it be a good week so all right let's get to uh what people come to hear from us and that's about golf equipment and we'll start with some new releases so tony is going to cover what is that the title is ts2 and ts3 new hybrids for 2009 for 2020 correct yeah, uh, literal, uh, I think, what, three days before we named their previous model, I guess technically still the current model, the most wanted hybrid, they announced the next <laughs> the next two. So, yeah, TS2 and TS3 hybrids coming for uh, for 2020, hitting, hitting fitting carts in early August. All right, so if the Titleist 818 <laughs> H1, just one, literally 
yesterday, mm-hmm. our 2019 most wanted hybrid. What should people be looking for between that and the TS2 and TS3? What's the biggest difference in your opinion? So there's some, there's some, they're about the same size. So on paper, no change in volume, some subtle shaping differences some some stuff on the, the heel side trailing edge that just kind of streamlines the new one. And as you would expect, a little bit more ball speed, a little bit more carry. So they took out the active recoil channel uh, and effectively kind of replaced it with a thinner face that allows them to get more speed and push the CG lower. So you, again, just a, just a little bit more carry and a little bit different look. I think title and the is other over. thing too. So with TS2 and TS3, the previous hot hybrids, I think they both had the had this Surefit CG weight. If I recall, Sam, is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So with this one, it's it's more like the driver where the where the two is just a, a flat weight and the three has the uh, the CG weight. You know, hybrids are a finicky thing, right? There's some people that just play better with irons. Some people play better with uh, hybrids, but when you see people trying to transition from a three, four, five iron to hybrids that first time, they're looking for something that adds some confidence and, yeah. you know, strike efficiency still good or better than what they had. Right. Because the three, four, five starts to become too difficult for them to hit. Um, well, whatever. especially when you, you, you think, right. Like as, as lofts have gotten stronger, you know, what, what used to be a five iron is, is effectively, <laughs> You know, stronger still so it's, it's certainly more like a four iron was yeah so when people were transitioning uh early on to hybrids titleist just seemed to fit more people's eyes and confidence for whatever reason like early on i found them to be the easiest hybrid to just hit you know and i don't know if that was the hybrid or that damn auto nv 65 that they used to put in there that green one but uh which still kind of still lives doesn't it tony just by a different name uh, I mean, the profile remains similar, right? You don't mess with a good thing. You just tweak it every now and again. But, yeah, that uh, going back, right, the 585H hybrid, Oof. sort of legendary, one that you and I absolutely loved. It's one of those clubs that I, I sold years ago and was like, hmm. You know, <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably a full club shorter than a new hybrid at this point. But, but still, it's damn straight. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was well so, done. And, and Titleist has, has made, you know, really good hybrids for a really long time, I think. I, I I would say they've done the best at doing hybrids for the longest period of time, you know, and they just keep evolving it little by little rather than radically changing from year to year, which some other brands are doing. And what's uh, interesting about those two is like in the hybrid space, the titles hybrids are kind of pushing the envelope for technology. You know, they have the adjustable SureFit hosel and then they've got this movable CG. So, you know, where a lot of hybrids don't feature movable weight or even an adjustable hosel, Titleist is kind of, it's like a little mini driver that that they've gone into where you can adjust so many different aspects well why the golfer might not care about that right because you hear the golfer go i don't give a shit i don't need adjustability on stuff and you go well the fitter sure does exactly Mm -hmm. it sure makes it well go ahead especially with the when you have the ability with a hybrid to move weight into the toe right because that's that's the thing that that we probably hear most often with guys who, who say they can't hit hybrids what they complain about is you know it goes I just hook it. I hit it really far left. So moving that weight out in the toe can kind of slow down that face a little bit, slow down the rotation, I should say, and, and help kind of take that, that as uh, Titleist guys describe it, left of left miss out of play a little bit. So, you know, it's just one more fitting variable. And again, you know, PXG also has kind of a similar thing where you can move a little bit of the weight out in the toe. Adams, let's, you know, moment of silence for them, right? 
uh, the uh, the Adams right, Red was kind of you know really the the first one that I recall where you could just put a massive amount of or a, a good amount of weight I should say out in the toe and, and kind of take that left out of play as much as you could so that that kind of thing can be beneficial and you know they put that in the uh, the TS3 which is kind of the more compact more kind of that square almost boxer like classic Adams toe kind of that look more iron look at a dress so you know that's an option too for guys who want hybrids that look more like irons so that is the Titleist TS2 and TS3 new hybrids that just got released. Next up is one that uh, has not been released yet, but is allegedly Super going. top secret, but we don't care. <laughs> yes. So this one probably has not been heard by many people yet, but allegedly TaylorMade is releasing a Bigfoot wedge. So Bigfoot has been spotted. Or a, wait, they're releasing a foot wedge or a Bigfoot wedge? Bigfoot. like. It, like, yeah, is it <clears throat> is it a big foot? Yeah, no. I, depends on where you play in, golf. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can you say about TaylorMade, right? They consistently make really good, high-performing equipment, but I mean, some of the stuff is just hard to take them seriously sometimes. So, uh, case in point, big foot wedge, sure. Yeah, somebody but, made a good point. You know, we posted a wedge picture of TaylorMade and said, "Why aren't? Why didn't more people not play TaylorMade wedges?" You know, and somebody said, "It's." Two things. One, it's kind of gimmicky, their wedges. And two, every year they radically change their wedge instead of kind of evolving it like a Vokey. So every year it just is so different that you can't get any continuity to knowing what a tailor-made wedge is. There's no consistency to it. Yeah. So once again. Okay, tailor-made. Bigfoot. Cool. Well, in fairness, Bigfoot is kind of the an extension of the high toe line. So what Bigfoot is is a high toe, oh. super wide sole, kind of like into that that game improvement wedge space. You know, get out a get out a bunker free card kind of thing. Uh, so it's 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 kind of interesting to a degree to kind of see how they've evolved because at, at one point, right, and it, it's going back a few years. And, and don't get me wrong, I think this is the right decision for them. But you know, they were they were sort of like we're a very serious golf company, and we make only make clubs for the best players in the world super serious like there was a point in time where you couldn't get a job at TaylorMade if you weren't a single digit handicap golfer like that was that was the absolute mindset there and so to kind of see them going yeah you know what we're going to we're going to make products for the entire spectrum of golfers actually makes sense and i think you know all joking about the bigfoot name aside you know it kind of shows that that is you know they're they're more committed to that than than they have do you been. think that will be the number one wedge played by conspiracy theorists <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, <right>? <laughs> Donald Trump's already got one in there. <laughs> oh All right. My so, what else Big is Ta- wedges, Yeti coolers? Everything goes in the chart. <laughs> <laughs> what else is uh, TaylorMade supposedly allegedly coming out with, Tony? Anything interesting? So we've got. Well, you mentioned continuity in the wedges in general. So, like I said, Bigfoot is a an extension of the high to- toe line. There's MG2 wedges coming. So continuation of the milled grind line and again the big story here right they they mill the sole for consistency whatever whatever you want to call it um there'd be two bounce options in that uh and the big thing here is i guess right is a new they're calling it uh uh, essentially a rust proof raw finish kind of sounds like raw and raw reads like a coating that they're going to put on it to keep it uh, keep it from rusting in the store um, so, you know, we'll see interesting patent pending on that. So we'll see what it looks like. Look, looks pretty good in the pictures I've seen. 
Uh, but again, it's it's a tailor-made wedge, and you're not seeing the. So if you when you have like a raw wedge, right, a true yeah. raw, unfinished, unplated wedge, right, even in a store, it, I was going to say, is know, the weather conditions pretty elements, tough, so. tough in there? That was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they will rust on shells. If you may recall, I'm trying to think what the what the name of the Nike wedge was. I want to say it was Engage or something with an E. I can barely yeah. remember. E N G A G E, right? Yeah, the Nike yeah. raw. Yeah, so they had like you remember they put almost like a they, that was a raw wedge, and on store shelves. They, they had like a, a wax coating on them. There's like blue, red, and white, depending oh, yeah, on, that's on right. that. Yeah, so that's it seems to be the same concept. I'm sure TaylorMade will have more to say about it, but ultimately it's the big story, I guess, is you know one of your options is going to be kind of a raw finish, which we know golfers like, and ideally it sounds like they're trying to make it a more durable raw finish, so raw without the downside. Uh, really interesting if it works. We'll see how that goes. All right, and irons that are going to be supposedly like $3,500 plus, correct? Well, let's, so yeah, let's kind of work our way there. So they're new P790s coming. Okay. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, two, three years since, since that, I think too. So hugely successful line for TaylorMade due for a refresh. So certainly none of that, uh, <laughs> rapid release stuff going on. Really, really good, really popular iron. Whether or not the speed foam actually does anything to produce speed versus just dampen sound seems to be a matter of debate within the industry. Sam just uh, learned that speed foam is what color? Orange. Orange. There you go. Yeah. Speed foam, sound foam, whatever it is, uh, doesn't matter what it does as long as the iron performs, right? Uh, so Forge, 40, Forge 4140 face, 7% thinner that's one than what's on shelves now. Progressive inverted cone technology. So, again, sort of altering that, that CG uh, as you progress through the set, uh, trying to optimize trajectory, I would assume. Uh, probably the biggest part of the story is a 15% heavier tungsten weight. So that's going to help them drive CD, CG down what get is that higher weight? long. It's like 180 grams. Is that right? No, no, no. That's that's insane. So this is in, in this set, it's going to be a, a lighter tungsten comparatively um, to what's coming in the other one. <laughs> we'll talk oh, about here in gotcha. a second. So through, through slot. Speeds pocket, uh, four through three through pitching wedge, this attack wedge. Yeah. Oh, no, and uh, there will also be a uh, three through pitching wedge, and there will also be a, a number two UDI as well. So, new driving iron. But the one you've been you've been kind of prompting me to talk about here this is this is kind of a new entry for TaylorMade moving into that whatever you want to call it, super premium, ultra premium, uber premium. I, I mean, it's just the superlatives, right? It's, everybody's trying to play here. So this is a P790 TI iron. Um, TI911 titanium body, machine titanium face, uh, upwards of, I think, 117 grams, I think is the number, 115, 117 gram uh, upwards. So that's the high number, obviously, less as you move through the site, uh, through the set. So just massive tungsten, which is, you know, sort of what everybody is doing right now, right? Uh, you see it with the the concept irons. You see it with uh, Callaway and their Epic Flash. So it's, you know, ultra low CG. Uh, given that the uh, the shaft is a Nippon NS Pro 950 GH, I'm going to assume that this really is, again, for the kind of that super duper premium offering for slower swing speed golfers is probably your target audience and i would assume haven't seen the specs didn't look closely but i would assume these are going to definitely be on the jack side because 
you know, again, if you're if you're using that much tungsten, you are legitimately going to increase dynamic loft. Now, whether or not you increase it enough to offset the uh, the static loft change is always a that's an entirely different story. But yeah, I would expect these to be strong lofted, designed to for slower swing speed players to launch high and drain their wallets. All right. So speaking of draining your wallets, let's get to this week's shot of the truth. And this week we're going to talk about the ultra, ultra, ultra premium category for irons. So when PSG came out, they kind of set a new precedence of cost for iron sets, you know, for serious golfers. I mean, there was Honma irons and stuff like that for like ten, fifteen thousand dollars that no one really took seriously, but you know, some presidents or something might have had in their bag or whatever. But it's like the mass marketed. Yeah, that's, premium iron category. Yeah, <clears throat> the super expensive, designed for everybody kind of thing. Yeah, was well, PHG, and they started yeah. at that three thousand dollar price range somewhere in there, right? And obviously, we've talked about the PXG effect and how now you've got let's see, Titleist Concepts, Epic Forge from Callaway. You've got some new irons uh, that are coming out from TaylorMade that are all in this same price range between $3,000 and $4,000, which somebody brought up a good point when we posted this, that these companies were doing this, you know, that they were coming out with these new irons. And that really is why are, you know, with PXG, they started ultra premium, right? And then they've said, okay, these are the best materials we can put into this club, the best tech, and it's going to cost more. Right. And then they said, all right, if, we're going to kind of dilute that technology a little bit to make it available to other golfers. Then you take the other side and that's the TaylorMades, the Titleists, the Callaways now. And they started by selling $1,200, whatever sets of irons and saying, this was the best, best tech, best everything, best performance you can buy. And now they're at, you know, three to $4,000 and what are you actually getting? Like, what are they? What does that say about their old irons? You know, what are you actually getting for the money? A lot of tungsten. Is Lots that what? T- is that where the cost increase comes from? Just tungsten? Is it that expensive? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> no, and, and titanium's not that expensive. And there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things in the golf world that that bring with them significant upcharges that aren't that expensive. It's 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 kind of interesting, right? When you, you think about how golf clubs are designed um, in, in a really broad sense, everybody designs to a price point, right? So, you know, thinking is, Hey, we've got, and it used to be right. This is our, this is our $700 set of irons. For example, this is our 900 or a thousand dollar set of irons. And same thing with the driver space, right? This, this is, this is the number that we're going to hit. And so how do we make a driver or iron at this price point? Because, and there, there was a cap on that price point in the mainstream, right? You never saw, TaylorMade, Titleist, any of these guys go much above 1200 if ever, right? And then PXG came out, and they're three, $400 ahead. Well, PXG, so now PXG this... were, was, they were selling an experience along with that, though. So well, it was yeah, more but... of an experience. And now I don't know if anyone else is doing an experience with these high-priced clubs. Well, and that, that's certainly part of PXG's business model, right, is to, to take it beyond just you're buying golf clubs. You're, you're paying for an experience, a fitting experience, you know, some of it, right? There's 
some degree of prestige. Not everybody feels this way, but certainly some degree of prestige that was built up around the PXG brand. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit more of that. But I mean, the companies were designing to a price point. PXG enters the market and basically shows everybody else that you can sell clubs at a price point far above what they thought was was achievable. So I mean, certainly, look, we had. We had Titleist flat out in no uncertain terms say, hey, PXG tapped into a market that we didn't know existed, right? <laughs> nobody knew that you could sell irons for $3,500 a set. Right, so nobody, stop right, there, stop right there for one second. So then why do you think they're doing this, right? Is it a money grab? Is it to make more money? Is it part put, hey, this has allowed them to push the technology, you know, footprint of going, hey, we can actually try some new things. Uh, what? Why are they doing this? Why all of a sudden did everyone jump into this new category? Pretty much, other well, than PhD? all of the above, right? <laughs> certainly, certainly, your margins are going to be higher, right? Tungsten is expensive, titanium is expensive, but it it doesn't double your manufacturing cost by by putting a bit more tungsten in a club and using more titanium, right? It's yeah, you're making a little bit more on the margin side. I don't care who you are, whether you're your Titleist and your um, you know top super top secret face metal, whether you're, you're Callaway and you're, you're Mim Tungsten or, or TaylorMade with 117 grams in a, in a three iron head or whatever that works out to be. Um, yeah, you're, you're spending more on tungsten and, and other materials, but not enough to, to justify the price hike. And if, if you're going to keep your margins the same by any stretch, I think, look, if, if you can sell an iron for $3,500 and make, or a set of irons, right? Not one club, but if you can sell at that price point and make a shit ton of money, do it, right? Why not? And and the other thing, like, look, PXG for a little while had that market basically cornered. They were the only ones in that space. So, you know, are you going to let... Yeah, it's inevitable you know, competition. Was next in, right? Gonna rise. Right. And if, if, you're, if you're Callaway and you're TaylorMade and you're seeing Titleist and PXG succeed and Zexio is in that same spot too, right? You're seeing them succeed in that high price arena. You're, you're, you're not going to jump in? No, of course you're going to go in and, and try and get your share of it. So that part of it makes sense. And you're seeing, you know, kind of the differentiation is materials, right? We talked a lot of tungsten. Again, Titleist, super top secret face material. Um, you, you see that kind of thing, titanium with the new tailor-made iron. So you're using materials that are more expensive than you could use at your standard price points. Uh, and, and you're also seeing these kind of geared to a degree towards the slower swing speed players. Now, PXG is kind of fit everything, and, and Titleist hasn't said we're for slower swing speed players. But if you look like the, the flash star line, high loss, but for slower swing speed players, the, the shaft selection on the, on the P790 Ti suggests, again, we're going for that affluent, yeah, from a business standpoint, lines, older guy with a lot of money who, who wants something that not everybody else has. From a business standpoint, I totally understand it, right? from a consumer standpoint, you know, trying to play devil's advocate or kind of put yourself in those shoes. Like Harry, imagine if you just bought a set of new TaylorMade or whatever irons, right? Mm -hmm. And they cost you, you saved up, they cost you 1500 skips, you know, and you're super excited. Two weeks later, they, and they've told you that that is the best they can make. Two weeks later, they come out with an iron, it's $3,500. As a consumer, if you can put yourself in that position, what does that make you feel like you think? like i've been lied to and it's one of those ones where well i've just saved up all my hard cash believing that you've 
this this product right here is the best that's ever been made so it's going to help my game and then two weeks later they come out with something else it's kind of like i would i would feel hard done by all right so then that takes me to the next thing will that feeling last for people right and then if it doesn't then obviously this is going to be a new space meaning if consumers feel that way right now that's understandably you know so but are they going to keep feeling like that two years from now if everybody is playing in this ultra premium space and you know that there's differentiation between the two and is it even going to be a, a story, a, a topic, you know? I think it's going to be the new space. I, I think all prices are going to go up to that, <clears throat> I'm that sure. much. <clears throat> I'm interested to see how they perform, you know, like is the price increase worth the performance improvement? Like if, if we get these new tailor-made irons and the new Epic irons in for testing for our iron test, is it going to blow the field away so much to the point that people are like, I'm done paying $900 well, great, for a set of irons. I'm ready Tony. to spend 3500 I see Tony shaking no. his head because great question. Great. I love that you posed that. But let's, uh, Tony, what, what's your answer to that in your opinion? I No. <laughs> no. It's, look, again, it's, it's, you still have to play within the fitting exactly. rules, right? Like, so it still has to fit you. Uh, you know, there's still it, limitations it still has to be playable to... on the course, right? You can, you can jack a, you can probably jack it enough so that <laughs> anybody can hit a eight iron 200 yards. Um, but that that's not playable on the golf course, right? right? So you still have a significant fitting equation you have to work around. And we're at the point in the golf world, right? Like we saw hybrid test is a great example. If you look at the separation between our top rank hybrids, which were, you know, when new, what, 300 plus and a sub 70, right, which is 129, you know, a small startup brand that, that sells for a lot less money. You, you pay a lot to get a little right. right. That's ex on, on. So this volume. becomes more about prestige and optics of you playing that set than it is about performance. Well, and that's kind of where well, I was going to go with it is like, do you do I I mean, is the guy who's going to be buying the thirty five hundred dollar set of TaylorMade's? Does he is he like I'm here for the performance? He doesn't give a shit. If but that's the, the guy same. That buys that's PXG that isn't the best golfer. He buys it because he wants to have something different than you two. Well, yeah. that's the case. And then when you get, when they when they have all the bags lined up on the range, oh that guy's got PXG. He la he must be a good golfer. Like or he must be rich. Perceptions yeah. reality sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Think about. I mean, you're going to spend thirty five hundred, and there is there are going to be guys who absolutely positively get the best performance out of an iron like a p790 ti or a, a titleist concept like that that premium iron is going to fit them better and it's going to perform better for them than anything else on the market but you also have a similar product in a cobra f max right <laughs> where it's that same type of design for a, a slower swing speed player and there's Almost every manufacturer has something like this in the lineup that is, what was F Max like seven or eight hundred dollars? Yeah, I think it's, it's so, six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. So you're going to spend four times as much, and even if it's if it's better, right? Even if it performs better, is it is it four x better? Well, let's be I, honest with our situation. We've been testing for ten years. Everybody doesn't go buy golf clubs, whatever brand they're buying for performance reasons as much as they should. We all know that. I mean, the majority of people are buying for some brand name or they've, you know, what it just there's brand loyalty. And yeah, there's, there's so many other reasons why people buy brands, whether it be a shirt or a set of clubs. And we know that uh, but, some people buy them because they're more expensive. Oh, for sure. Well, and I think, I think anybody who's ever gone through 
a a long detailed proper fitting with a brand agnostic fitter um, we'll, we'll find a similar personal experience to what we find in our tests right you have you have one or two or three things that you try that you just don't hit well that's not to say they're bad products but you don't hit them well in our case it's our testing pool as a whole doesn't hit them well and then you have then you get to the other end right and you have two or three possibilities that are really 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 good for you and and you're really kind of focusing on the most minute of differences right uh, uh, just like tiny like just yeah, like a, a few yards of shot area dispersion whatever it happens to be like a, a tick more ball speed whatever that differentiator happens to be that when you get onto the golf course you're talking about you know maybe maybe saving a single stroke over the course of 10 rounds kind of thing so it's it's not like this massive difference in any category, and you're certainly not going to see a massive difference on the scorecard from an iron you pay $3,500 for and one you pay $800 for. Well, you, so, yeah, there is sort how of many tournaments you think, How many tournaments do you think you can win in a row, Harry, if you get those new tailor-made iron, $3,500 I'd probably keep losing because I'll be perceptionally thinking, I need to play well with these eyes. Hey, that's CBD. I mean, we yeah. should be clear, we're just kind of – we're speculating on the price point, but I think it's probably going to be plus or minus thirty five hundred. Yeah. Well, do you but, think yeah. so? I mean, it's at, all in that space. I mean, look at Japan. So, the 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 golfers in Japan won't buy a product unless it's really expensive, because perceptually they think expensive it means good product. So, do you think well, that's do you think that space is going to come over to America and that's going to be the new space for America? Well, it's not. I mean, it's not going to be the not new to space. That degree, I mean. You got to keep in mind, right? The the golf culture in Japan is fundamentally different, right? 100%. It is, it is way more status driven. I yeah, think. it's kind and of so, a yeah, thing. Yeah, it it really is. Like you don't have courses, the same volume of courses like we have. You go play golf in Japan. When when I was over there, as you know, we we talked to the guys quite a bit about this. It's you know, it's not. Hey, I'm going to scoot over the course. Hopefully, motor around four hours, <laughs> grab a beer, and come home. It's it's an all day experience, man. You're you're at the course, and halfway through, you have lunch, and and then you you finish your round, and you, you take a bath, and you have dinner, and that's I mean, that's legitimately that's cool. a yeah. full day commitment. So there's yeah. a whole other status element. I see. To it so it's yeah, not it's, it's not it's like it's, it's a bit like class status. Is it like it like it was in England? Like with Barber playing Lynx clubs just because uh, it's a status thing back in England. Oh, man. <laughs> if you say so, I have no idea. On the... But, yeah, I mean, it is. It's definitely kind of a, a full-day status-driven kind of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, different here. But, again, like PXG found a market. Everybody else is, is trying to get their cut of it. So that it just makes sense. If people no, are willing to pay for it, more no power matter, to everyone. No matter what the ultra premium category has started and I think it's here to stay uh, because it's financially driven. And if PSG has proven, has carved that path for everybody, people are going to be driving yeah, the road right behind that. it. So I think it's here to stay. And Ooh, do, like does seen, that mean we get a whole new category of irons for next year? To test? Oh, ultra premium iron testing? I hope not. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's kind of part of the, the other side of this thing, right? It's, it's like these are these are products that that never get tested, right? Callaway yeah. Callaway didn't send us Epic Forge. Titleist wanted no, no interest in in sending concept. Yeah, because in for our these testing. aren't for performance. It even I mean, how many years did it take for us to get PXG to send us anything, right? It it is sort of like this. Yeah, but no, the PXGs did well this year in testing. They did for the most part, but yeah. and again, they're they're good irons, but if you 
you know, whether or not they're worth 2000 more than, than a set of Mizunos, for example, like, yeah, I mean, we uh, don't have, we don't have that equation yet figured out, but the value per perform like per yeah, yard, yard stroke per skate, dollar, yard, dollar. Yeah. Um, that'd be an interesting one. Yeah. All right, so that's it for Shout Out of the Truth this week and the ultra premium category for you guys and uh, ladies out there that um, just checking in on the podcast this week. Titleist, TaylorMade, Callaway, PXG, all in that $3,000 price range for irons coming up this year. And, uh, yep, so that's the ultra premium category, and it's here to stay. We're going to move on now to the best speaker of 2019 so (laughs) so last year we decided to do a speaker test uh we did not know it would cause such an uproar we did it because golfers actually were reaching out to us saying what is the best speaker and definitively golfers are buying speakers and playing music on the golf course there's no doubt about that so our job is to tell people in our opinion if you're going to spend your money on something golf related we want to try to help you find the better ones so last year we decided to test it i knew it would be big I did not know it would be this yeah, polarizing. Nor did, nor did I. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. No. So this is Harry's favorite test of the year. It is because <laughs> it's just it's just so polarizing to to see. So Tony, Tony, let me um, <laughs> let you're an older guy, right? <laughs> what what do you Ouch. what do you think of a a, a speaker being uh, played on a golf course? When what's what's I your am... opinion? I'm I'm largely indifferent to it. Like I don't care. Like if if the guys are playing, if I'm playing along some guys and and they say, "Hey, do you mind if I play some music?" I always say, "Just so you know, that technically violates U.S. GRA rules." But <laughs> oh god. Also, also I don't give a shit. Like I I really don't. Like, you know, you're the first but, person and only person I have ever heard talk about the rules when it comes to having a secret. Everyone's just like, "Yeah, man, play the music." You're out here fucking pulling the rules on everyone that's right true true digest brother that's right right. no but some of the guys i play with play music and and like i said i don't care it doesn't bother me i don't i don't worry about music in my backswing are you Um, asking that question harry specifically because you found it that older people massive yes (laughs) so then then sam i know you play with music um played with it yesterday it was great exactly the wonder room was great i mean adam I mean, if he did play golf, he would probably listen to music, but he doesn't play golf that when much. When I do play golf, I He brings have... a big-ass speaker to the golf yeah. course. Bring... Um, so here's the thing is, from the demographic that we've seen, is the older generation have tend to do not like the music scenario on the golf course. Get um, off my lawn! Exactly. And <laughs> it's one of those things that, to me, as a younger, a younger golfer, it's hilarious to see because it's 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 gonna happen i mean there's there's carts out there that have bluetooth speakers built in there's tvs in there now where you can stream a football game like all of these things are happening in the golf industry either one to grow the game to in, uh, to attract a younger generation golfers or two just to have fun um, i mean at the end of the day the golf golf is for fun yeah it's supposed you to be, know right? <laughs> Um, but comment section says differently, but <laughs> comment section just blows up every year. That's crazy. There's but, nothing better than dancing after hitting a good shot. You just there's like, nothing better than <laughs> throw a little Miguel Angel Jimenez little cha cha there, and yeah. That, oh, your pure silk classic dance you had. <laughs> but so so we tested them, and and uh, the winner of this year was the winner of last year, which is UE Mega Blast. Um, it's just a phenomenal speaker. Yes, the price point's a little bit higher than than most, but you are getting. 
your money's worth with this speaker. And then if, if you're a baller on a budget, the Polk Boom Swimmer Duo. <laughs> baller on a budget. <laughs> baller on a budget. How many, are how you many times s- have I deleted that from a, from a buyer's <laughs> Hey, I'm going to do it so many times because I know you love these phrases. It'll get through one of these days. Hold on, yes. hold on. What's Harry's favorite word that you used to always call me when he writes his buyer's guides? Um, what is that? I thought it was oh, it's, supple. Uh, supple, he, he, supple, he, supple, like, supple. <laughs> supple, and absolutely everything he reviews, he tests, his favorites always inspire confidence. <laughs> I mean, they do. They give me a lot of confidence. Outstanding sound to inspire confidence. Shoot hey, fits great. I love when Tony hey, calls when you, me. When, when you win two events in a row, it inspires confidence. So. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so really quickly here, back to the speaker that for those of you that do listen to music, so for you, literally, we asked who listens to music on the golf course, polled it. It was split 50-50 over like thousands and thousands of votes, right? So for those of you that do listen to music on the golf course or might want to start, Harry, what is the price of the Mega Blast uh, for um, UE, the winner? It's like the 149 I want to say. It's, it's up there. And then the Wonder Boom, you can find it in Amazon for like, around 70 bucks i, Which is I believe the smaller version it's of a smaller that. version and that came second that's again a fantastic um is that is that the orange one that's the orange one that, that right, thing for, is I think, a, I think i bought the mega boom last i like the, the mega blast is great the bigger one yeah i mean the bigger one is great it's just it some depending on your car it might fit in your um it might fit in your it's going right in my um, basket <laughs> <laughs> that's the only place to put it sometimes going straight well, in that my basket, basket. <laughs> hey, um, so how much is the best value? The Polk, the Polk Boom uh, Duo? $49, I believe. $39. $39. It's gone. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's on sale. So $39.99. And that thing is... Oh, it's legit. It's yeah. it's loud and it doesn't crackle um, when you when you crank it up. It goes, It's fully waterproof, up to three feet. And it's got the clip. Got the clip that you can go on anything that's pretty much round. Um it's just a great speaker. Screws on there, that's how it works. Just twist it on. So it has a mechanism. You can. It's like a, one of those ones that has the a claw, and it's like a lead claw or whatever. It's in yeah. The so of for it. those of you out there, there's a few different uh, differentiations that I saw. So the number one speaker, the UE Mega Blast, is great for in cart. You know. Yeah. Super loud. It's the best sounding by far. But the problem with it is, if you're walking. It's going to add quite a bit of weight to your bag. It's not a walking one. It's a car one, for Correct. sure. So the two that I found to be best... It won't fit in my basket. Um, you <laughs> don't have a basket, basket for this one, but it's okay. So if you're going to be a walker, I would suggest probably going with either Poke, Boom, Duo, or... The JBL Clip 3, yeah. JBL Clip 3, yep. It's definitely ones though. But some of the, some of the comments on, on those, one of them which really piqued my interest was, uh, quote... God, I bet you are as about as fun as a rectal exam for the older generation. That was one of my best ones that I, I came oh across gosh. because I find that um, pretty accurate. Yeah, for you guys out there and ladies out there that read my gospel, just check out the comment section sometime on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Solid entertainment. Solid entertainment. Solid. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Going straight in my basket. Yeah, okay. and some of the negative ones saying they should not be in... Uh, on the golf course, period. Um, because the pros... They do not conform to the rules. But was listen that, to this. Is that fun so, sucker 999? <laughs> yeah. 
I think it was like hashtag Dementor. I think it was hashtag Dementor. Um, but anyway, the the pros play at, at in a tournament in Scottsdale, and they're playing in the stadium hall with loud uh, noises going around, people getting drunk, music blaring, beers being thrown, beers being thrown. You mean but, having fun? Yeah, that's the one. And Dude, when I played that projects uh, throughout played, the course. So why? So a music being played in a car is a lot less. Um, you're not going to convince old man Tony, okay? Yeah. No, no. no I was what I was going to say is when <laughs> you know they sort of like serious. We've seen some of the comments, right? Serious golfers would never blah blah. You know, I I played with Pat Perez four holes earlier this year. Guess who had the music blaring? Right. Yeah. Dude, he's, he's got a, good. he's got a ten. He plays serious golf. He's got a ten ninety though. Everybody with a ten ninety listens to music on the golf course. Do you know what a ten ninety is? I do not. Ten percent of his hair up top and ninety <laughs> in the back. <laughs> there you go. <That's> right. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about some kind of tax. Form. Yeah, that's exactly. I was like, what? What? <laughs> nah, the dude rocks a, a modern mullet, man. Jeez. I mean, but, he's he's a bro. But he's I mean, at the end of the day, the time, the, no doubt about it. The times are changing, and. With all of these technology that's coming in with the carts that have those Bluetooth speakers in, it's here to stay and you either lump, like it or lump it. All right. Well, look, we're not going to try to convince you to listen to music if you don't like music on the golf course, but if you do yeah, like I, music. Like, we should not be actively encouraging our listeners to break the rules. Oh, no, my think. gosh. <laughs> all right, Tony, just turn around and face the wall. You're in timeout. <laughs> all right. So we're going to move I'm on just now. i to give the other point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I'm an old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to move on to the 2019 Most Wanted Hybrid Test. And Sam, I'm going to let you take it from here. All right, so we just completed our 2019 Most Wanted Hybrid Test. The results are on the website right now. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, more about hybrids in a you-need-to-play-them sense. You know, something that I see. Well, first off, I think this, this whole topic is twofold. One, I don't think people put enough thought into the middle of their set. You know, some people are pretty complacent with struggling from 180 to 210. They're just like, yeah, I just can't hit par fives and two. It's because they can't hit their long irons. You know, we see this in testing. Guys can hit the, the short iron and the mid iron perfectly, and then when we get to the long irons, we, there's some times where we have to send mid-handicap golfers home because they can't hit a five iron. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when I first got in the golf industry and we would do bag Bye. fittings, I think one of the unique things that we started doing was <clears throat> before you would hit a club, we would make you bring your whole bag in. And the first thing we would do is do a bag analysis. We wouldn't hit any golf balls. We would literally just go through every club in your bag and say, what's your strengths and what's your weaknesses? And I would say probably if I had to guess 70 to 80% of the people that we did this for had one to three clubs in their bag that looked brand new, you know, like never hit. And you go, what, what about this one? They go, oh, I can't hit that. Yeah. And you go, all right, let's pull it out, right? Yeah, pull it out and put something you can hit. Pull it out and put a scoring club because you get 14 of them, use every one of them, right? And put the ones in that you're going to be able to use and score the best one, right? So which leads back to what you were talking about and people thinking that they can't score or do something on the course yeah, or, because they don't have the right tool in their bag. Right, or their ego is just so big, like, I can hit the four iron, but the reality is they can't and they won't. They refuse to play a hybrid. And what's cool about the hybrid space now and what we're learning is that there are a lot of these manufacturers, I would say all of them, offer hybrids in more than just a three and a two iron. You know, you can get a hybrid in some companies all the way up to an eight iron. I think that's where Tony's Callaway's up to an eight, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, drop your ego. Don't 
you know, it's okay to play a hybrid. Golf is not about how, it's about how many shots you have to take to get the ball in the hole. So, you know, this, look, to bring this back full circle, I want to talk about the results of the hybrid test, some of the hybrids that you might want to check out if you're looking to well, buy hold, them. Well, hold on just a second then, Sam. So I, I think it's worth pointing out, right? So Adam talked about clubs that aren't getting used and in, in, in the uh, – in the most wanted hybrid, we talked a lot about in the when we wrote up the test about gapping issues, right? So we've seen a good amount of Arcos data, okay. and if you look at at sort of the the Arcos average distances, when you get into the four and five, and and really you see it quite a bit in the five and six, those clubs are essentially on top of each other more often yeah. than not. So that, that is probably the spot where there's the biggest gapping issues identified by Arcos, where you have, you have five irons that are on average two yards longer than a six iron, or in some cases guys actually hit the six iron farther than the five because they hit it so much more consistently. So that's the kind of situation where if you've got two clubs side by side, and especially if you're you're carrying traditional irons and for whatever reason, like you're you're hitting them the same distance or hitting them both poorly and inconsistent in, inconsistently. Why? Like right. why not swap that out for something that you can hit? If you you, if got, you can't hit it, replace it. Well here back to your to your point, Tony, which is why you would go through bag fittings that we would used to do and see clean clubs, right? Because they didn't have Arcos back then, obviously. You and me are old, but People were figuring. People were figuring out on their own. Yeah. If I hit my six iron the same distance I hit my seven iron, I'm gonna hit my seven iron. Yeah. So they they would have a clean six iron, right? Exactly. Now, the, I mean, I couldn't tell you any better tip than to get an Arcos or some type of shot scope, whatever the hell you're gonna use, to know your distances, you know, right. and to know where your real on course distance. Yes, and then be able to go. Okay, my three iron. Not only am I hitting it the same as my five, basically. I'm hitting my five better, so why wouldn't I get rid of the three and put a hybrid in and at least try the hybrid? Well, you know, you know what's funny is we just had a tester. Harry, you know who I'm talking about. We just had him coming in. He has Arcos, and he's swing. If I looked at the data, probably hasn't changed that much, but he's starting to learn more about his game, and he's starting to understand where his gapping is. He just came in the other day and showed me this nice, smooth line in his gapping. Now that we, I think we took out one of his long irons, put mm -hmm. a hybrid in, and then fixed his his wedge uh, his Lofts. wedge lofts and the dude he was like he he shot under par for the first time this year in his life and he texted us he was like oh my god guys thank you so much like all the help you've given me and it's literally we're just looking at his data and understanding and saying here this is where you're you're struggling I mean personally I've never been a hybrid guy I can I was always hooking them but guess what I put a hybrid in last week just because oh yeah you did. It was. I put the PXG in. How much did you use that. it? I I used it at least six or seven times and flushed it every time. Well, you won. And I and I'm not saying that was that was the reason I won, but I felt confident looking over it because I feel like a you just worked this story because you won. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I think he's doing that every week. Can I somehow figure yeah. out a way to tell people yeah. I won? <laughs> Hey, I, I don't win that much. Let but me I, I think that, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, case in point, you know, like I carry a hybrid, Harry carries a hybrid, your whole bag is hybrids, Adam. Um, <laughs> they're infomercial hybrids, but we're not going to get into that. Tony, how many hybrids do you carry? Two. Okay. Do you think you should carry more? Uh, I'm on the fence with it. So, so I carry a four and a five hybrid. So I'm, okay. all, I'm already the guy who goes, you know what? Um, and the story I tell people is, 
You know, I was kind of thinking about it a little bit when I did my my fitting at Titleist last year. The fitter Glenn was like, you know, you may want to think about a five hybrid, and I made some bullshit excuse up about why I didn't want to do that. Uh, but you know, after he put that seed in my head, like I'd find myself out on the course and I'd have a five iron in my hand, and I would actually find myself going or thinking, man, I, I wish I was ten yards farther back so I could hit the four hybrid instead, right? <laughs> right? And so if you're like, wow, I wish I was farther away so I could hit a club just, I'm more comfortable with, big foot like, wedge at back ten and set it onto the green. I mean, that's a, I mean, what what better indication is there that maybe you don't have the right club in your bag? So yeah, I think I, they I, need I, to make a hybrid driver for Tony. Because I think Tony yeah, it's would called shoot. the T-list. Yeah, it's a T-list, dude. <laughs> I think Tony would shoot like in the 70s, low 80s every round if he just took the driver out and put a hybrid driver in. Is that what your yeah, Arcos data is telling you? Got a nine-hole even par uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. With a driver. Okay. Yeah, fairways. Okay. I have a driver that works now. Some really dogs ass every well, well, and one of the things I love about hybrids too is that there's so many out there that are so versatile. So if there, you know, there's a hybrid really for everybody. For me, that is true. for me, yeah. it was I had a two iron, I had a two iron like utility iron, and I really liked it for off the tee. But I found myself needing a 230, 240 sh yard shot into the greens, but I needed to hit it high to hold the green. Couldn't get that with the two iron. I hit it too low. Pop the hybrid in. There we go. You know, Tony needs the four and the five iron because he wants to hit his long irons better. There you go. So there's there's a lot of options for golfers that have a different level of needs, Not whether only it's that. off the tee, into the green, or just a long iron replacement. Totally agree. And back in the day when they were first, they've evolved so much over the years. They used to be like, hey, are you an iron type of guy or a sweeper? And there was a hybrid yeah. for two different types of golfers, basically. Now they've really evolved to be, like you said, very versatile. So that being said, tell everybody out there listening, what are the ones that we found to perform best this year, both on per – based on performance, distance, forgiveness, and value. So in our we do this top four on the on the website. So we have our winner, which was the Titleist eight eighteen H one. Which is on closeout for $199. Yes, go get it now. Bargain. Um the, going straight in my going straight in my basket. The longest. Um, you know, I was playing golf yesterday and the guy I was playing golf with, we were on this par three and he comes in and goes, Hey man, and just shows me his eight eight eighteen H one. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> So, and then our longest, um, last year was a Callaway Rogue. This year is a Callaway Rogue X. I mean, it's just a really hot hybrid. They Callaway go a long way. go far. They go far. They go long places. Yeah, so, on the big side for sure, but yeah. ball go far. Ball go far. Uh, most forgiving. This one was interesting, um, and Tony might want to say something about it, but the Cobra F9 one length. So, it's a seven iron one length hybrid. Harry's raising his hand. Actually, this is the only one-length club that I actually enjoyed because <laughs> it actually felt easy to hit. I like, I loved this the the length of it, but then when it shot off the face, I was like, hmm. yeah. And those it's, 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 it was it was so easy to hit. It was and it breathes me. It you know gives me confidence. Well, Tony. length does it inspire confidence. Inspired confidence. <laughs> length adds difficulty to any for sure you know, shot, yeah. right? So if. It won not only most forgiving, but it was also the runner up. So yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was damn so, good. Yeah, and it's one like I I haven't had it in my bag, but I played it a couple times at, at Cobra events, and it's it's kind of a, a weird experience at first, right? Yeah, you're yeah, staring yeah. down at this hybrid head that's the length of your seven iron, and you're thinking, man, there's there's just no way that this is going to go the distance that I need it to go, and you swing, you you make solid contact much much higher percentage of the time and it just 
goes. Now, yeah. now we saw and we mentioned this, right? The the ball flight was a, a little lower than some of the others, and so maybe it's not the absolute best for holding greens. But if you're a guy who who struggles with long irons and even struggles to hit anything with length, right? Where shaft length is is the driving force for your inconsistency. I mean, holy shit! Like it, it, it's almost like cheating in that it, yeah. it goes straight, it goes reasonable distance, and it, it does it every time or damn near every time. So and they, and again, this is another one of those companies that offers higher lofts. So if you if you need higher lofts and you need to get the ball in the air, they I'll don't do it, they don't do adjustability for the head though, do they? It's no. just no. it's a solid These are glued heads. Yeah. So I will say this too: one. like Cobra sneakily has done really well in a lot of different categories in our testing this year, and they haven't won. They've a lot, had a really been, good year. They yeah. think the I think it's the F nine the that series. I think they hit another level this year. Yeah, and I've always liked. I mean, the Baffler rails have been around for years, and when they really brought them back, I think what was it for Ricky at the Masters? Yeah, they put those yeah, two yeah, welders yeah. on the yeah. bar. F six plus, or maybe just F six Baffler was. Yeah. I still have one. And they and they're continuing with that trend <clears throat> in the design, so you know that really helps with turf interaction. I felt like when I hit it, I, it's so easy to keep that club face square. Yeah, and it's just not a brand that you hear marketed like so boldly every day and in your face. But at the end of the day, man, like the F nine series this year might be one of the best overall performers from driver down to you know to yeah. you know we haven't done wedges oh, yet, but I mean, yeah just it's it's a really really good top to bottom all right yeah, so, so definitely don't don't hesitate to check that one out and then last but certainly not least a newcomer to our testing this year sub 70 um shout out jason highland making a pretty good product at a severely discounted price um you know his irons performed relatively well in our testing and then now the sub 79 x hybrid was our best value uh tester feedback was remarkably positive yes, on this one yeah, definitely. Um, and then also the performance has it to back it up and that one is for the cool price of 129 dollars online <laughs> which i feel is what a hybrid used to cost like three years ago <laughs> yeah i mean but there is there is two models models of um the sub 70 that you'll see so there's the pro version and then the 989 no this was the 939x that one yeah, yes the- but there's two models so Whenever you go on there, it's only three woods. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. That's yeah. Can we? That's a different. Hey, test there's here. a there's a forty dollar <laughs> off coupon for a rangefinder out there. Okay, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, that was three woods. Uh, hey, hey, Sam. Uh, one thing like we didn't talk about in the test, and I I almost I almost reached out to you yesterday morning to try and cram it in there, but oh, the, despite the it, slow launching. No, no, no. So. So basically, and it's kind of as, as editing and, and writing up the final version and started thinking about the the wide range of available options in the hybrid test. And we touched on the most forgiving. But what did you think? What did we find for the guy who who really likes a smaller, compact, more iron like whatever you want to call it, that that more compact hybrid space? Like what would because our top performers were the more forgiving. Yeah. So for. Among the the kind of the smaller ones, what was what do you think was among the best or kind of your picks um, there? You mean like me... peanut style heads, like tour version style? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that you know too many are are peanut sized anymore. That's but, what I'm saying. Yeah, but there are certainly others. You know, like for example, I think the PXG is a relatively compact That's hybrid. True. The the H two, um, 
Although I think the, the TS3 looks way more compact than the H2 for whatever that's worth. But yeah, like that kind of like, I, I really want a more, like what the, you know, the, the gapper high, right, would probably be another example. Um, I don't think we tested that in this one, but um, that I kind of. I don't have the um, ranking sheet on my computer here, uh, do I? No, uh, I give us an opinion then. Oh, um, are we allowed to do that anymore? Oh, uh, give opinions. We can give opinions based on Negat- your recollection. Negatory, of Sub- subjectively, um, people really like the the exotic CBX. There um, you go. Because no, because of what it go long. It's long. It's compact. It's long. I think it's got a great feel, um, but I can't speak on the the performance though because I don't know. I don't know that I have. I'll be honest, like the PXG to me is the most traditional looking and like compact combination, like hybrid hybrid kind mm-hmm. of for me. That just well, it's, feels it's kind really of a good. it's kind of a weird thing that I don't think a lot of people have really considered. But once you start getting into Definitely. higher lofted hybrids, and like I said, I've actually started to think about oh, maybe mind. even going to a right six there. hybrid. Visually, you start to get if it's not designed really well at address, like you, you really start to see the loft, right? Yeah. Like, and that's all you see is like, you're just staring down at all this space. It's almost like there's no top line. And so that, that kind of thing is, is very difficult to do and to get that to look right in a high lofted hybrid, at least from what I can tell, because uh, not many companies do it well. And, was... and the PXG is one of those where you can look at a high, higher lofted hybrid and, and just not see massive amounts of loft. It's really cool about that. It's like we were at this PGA Tour event and I happened to be beside the Adams. This was back when Adams was out there. And there was probably, Moment of silence. Yeah, there was probably like 150 <laughs> hybrids laying out in front of the tour van. I'm like, what is that? And he goes, just look at the top line of them all. So I put them all down and lay them down and see what he's talking about. And all they did was change the paint on the top. So they would bring the paint all the way to the front. They would leave like a quarter inch gap. They would round it off a little bit. And just based on how they led the paint up to the face would change drastically how that loft looked at a dress, which was wild to me. Yeah, it was always like well-designed clubs. Like you see it a lot now in the iron space, right? This kind of this visual voodoo where they Mm -hmm. just put a little bit of uh, radius or camber or chamfer, as they call it, on the on the top line, for example. And so you can you can maintain that top line thickness. But make it look thin, which is, you know, that's kind of the best of both worlds, I think. So, uh, just looked at the data. Titleist H2, <laughs> third. So, player's profile got really good feedback from the guys that are better. Um, but the Titleist H2 was a really top performer for for those guys, like a smaller, more iron-like head. Yeah, oh, like I said, the, the TS3 to me looks even more compact still. I think they kind of went back to... Again, that, that high-toe boxer shape, that's one that is still the, the previous one that had that shape. I can't remember the, the model off the top of my head, the HD there, uh, 915 maybe. Uh, but that one's really popular with the tour guys still, so they kind of went back to that shaping to yeah. <laughs> try and get the guys to put the new stuff in the bag. Well, I mean, the guys that the guys that are the better players, they're not going to want some big bulky head uh, looking down on a dress like you guys were saying about seeing too much of the face. It's just not appealing to guys that are, you know, I, I like a bigger head with a hybrid, but some guys. Wait till that Bigfoot hybrid comes out. Oh, hell yeah. 
All right. Well, just to reiterate, so most wanted hybrids 2019, the Titleist 818 H1 was the best overall. Callaway Rogue X, best for distance. Cobra King F9, most forgiving and runner-up. Make sure it's the one length. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Cobra F9 King one. F9 one length, most forgiving and runner-up. And the Sub 70 939X was the best value at $129. And just to reiterate, the best speakers, the UE Mega Blast was the best overall. And the Polk Boom Duo at $39, one best value. And one quick reminder, if you're finding out about No Putts Given and don't know what we do for our day job, that's called MyGolfSpy.com. And if you buy it, we review it and test it for you to try to put the best equipment in your bag. Also, True Golf Fit, if you're looking for the number one driver for yourself, it's the world's first personalized golf fitting engine. And it will tell you not only what the best driver is for you, but exactly how much longer and how much more accurate, and it's all guaranteed. And fellas, I couldn't be more excited to shut this episode down and get the <laughs> hell on vacation because we've worked hard for a long time, and uh, I sincerely appreciate everything that everyone here has done and all the work put in, and it's time to break, take a well-deserving break. And I hope you all enjoy your vacations, spend time with your families, and... Do not check on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook because it will definitely fucking ruin your day. I might just so, delete it for the week. There you go. Don't delete Tinder, though, okay? <laughs> I never delete Tinder. Come on, man. It's going straight in Sam's basket. <laughs> Sam in Atlanta is going to be a problem. Oh, boy. <laughs> so thank you to our videographer behind the scenes, Matt Dewar. Uh, not many people Say hi, get... Matt. <laughs> Not many people Serious. get to see what he does, but he comes to work every day and busts his ass and yeah, does an does. incredible job for us. Harry Nodwell has done an incredible job taking over the soft goods category at My Golf Spy, and we're proud to have him stay in the country now. Trump almost got <laughs> Trump almost kicked his ass out. Almost got here, to him. He's here to stay. And he's in the basket. <laughs> Sam Robinson, which is director of product testing for hard goods at the facility and oversees most of everything that gets done inside there, has uh, taken us exactly where we want to go for everybody out there. And uh, myself, I'm the owner. And uh, just want to say thank you to everybody that listens to us. And we are out. Good. We're gone next week, but we will have new Titleist irons on the website Tuesday. <laughs> Final plug. Don't, <laughs> don't email us. Goodbye.